0: Hello there, and welcome back to the Draft Chat Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Nick Benares. And I decided to shoot a little bit of a podcast today, impromptu. I'll have no guests. I know that's still a plan. I promise it's still a plan. Uh, but I just decided to do something a little short today. A couple of, you know, little notes that uh, happened today. The main thing being on Bell signing with the Chiefs. And a couple of things that I wanted to touch on on the previous podcast that I didn't get a chance to do because I do not want to go too long. One of the questions uh, on the poll initially was the MVP candidates, so I'll cover that as well. And I'll get into two of the bigger matchups this weekend for this weekend's slate of games. Uh, first off, off the bat, big news today. Well, this week was Le'Veon Bell being released by the Jets. And Le'Veon Bell signing today with the Kansas City Chiefs. On the surface, it looks weird. Full disclosure I am a Le'Veon Bell uh, dynasty owner he was so he is in my dynasty my dynasty league that you guys have probably heard about before he was the first pick of the first round of that draft in 2015 and it's been a rocky road with him he got hurt he was great he was good the following year but he got hurt again or something like that or he got suspended yeah, he was great, he was, with all that stuff. You guys know, you guys know Le'Veon Bell's history. And then he sat out the whole year, which did not help either. Nevertheless, uh, Le'Veon Bell, one healthy, was a spectacular player. He was just awesome. A fun story, actually. The first time I ever saw Le'Veon Bell, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but at a, I, I interned at a WBC TV in college, and... I made a pretty good impression with one of the guys One of the guys there. And after I finished school, I ended up getting another internship at NBC Sports. I was working the halftime highlights for the Notre Dame games at NBC Sports. I was in the same studio usually with Peter King sometimes, so it was kind of cool. I got to meet him a couple times. Um, so what we used to do is we used to get one of the Big Ten games, and we used to have to watch the games and basically do highlights. We used to have to call the press box to verify stats. Uh cool experience right out of college. Uh fun thing to do. Not much of a you know, follow up to it. But you know, it was a, it was a cool activity to do. In other cases, we used to get paid not much. It was a lot of money. It was like 100 bucks a day or something like that. It was like once a it was once a week whenever Notre Dame was home playing on a missy, I think. So, maybe really the 6 7 games in the fall. Anyway, the first time I got to meet Le'Veon Bell, meet him, or introduce to him, was when I had a cover Michigan State game. And I remember watching this guy, and he was, a little, Bell was a little bigger in college, he, he definitely lost some way, as got to the NFL, but I used to watch this guy and I just to see him glide everywhere. i never seen a running back glide the way he did. It was so strange, it just looked like, it looked like he was a little bit on ice. It was really, really weird, and he always stuck out to me. So much so that uh, when my fantasy draft came the next year, I ended up taking him, like, I don't know, round 10 or whatever it was when he was a rookie. And I was a keeper league, so I got to keep him. That was fun. And that's where my love affair with Le'Veon Bell started. So, got a little off course here, but I thought that was a cool story. <laughs> um, always been a big lady all the time. Uh, Maybe not the greatest pure runner, but a guy who uh, can do it in the air and on the ground. Fantastic wide receiver, too. Um, just a really, really special player for the most part I, I believe at some point after the first five years he was like first or second in the nfl in all-time um yards from scrimmage for a game or something like that he was on some crazy pace at some point i remember that he was a spectacular player and then <clears throat> uh you know he set out the year felt like he should have gotten paid more probably should have taken the money with, with pittsburgh um i'm sure pittsburgh probably wishes he just took Small contract too. Not that the guys they have there now are bad, but you know it was a good fit for both of them. They should have stayed together. So ends up with the Jets, and the rest is history. This is just a disaster. Uh, terrible organization. Uh, terrible supporting cast. Uh, don't take advantage of his talents. You know, he came. He came into this year. I follow him on Instagram, but he came into this year. He looks like he's in fantastic shape, I and mean, we still just kind of couldn't, you know, figure it out with him. It was really, really weird with them from the beginning between having the GM who signed him get fired immediately after and the coach who didn't want him. Just really a bad situation just in general. Terrible fit. And, you know, as a as fantasy owner, even him going to Kansas City, even if he's a strict backup, which I'll get to in a second, but even if he's a strict backup, it's still a better situation than being with the Jets because for me, when he was with the Jets, I basically looked at him and said, I, I just can't play him. I can't justify playing him. So, on to the Chiefs now, and how he fits, in my opinion. So, it on the surface it looks like a it looks like a weird signing, uh, not because he's not a good player. I think everybody agrees he is, but and I still think people think, um, that he's still got something left in the tank. He's not old old. He's twenty eight years old. You know, uh, running backs usually start hitting a wall around thirty and stuff like that. So he probably still has some juice left. You know, and. Um, He's probably still got a year or two of relevancy left at the very least. You know, he's battled some injuries, whatever the case is, and you know, people have knocked how he looked and stuff like that. But I think even by PFF standards, he's like the sixteenth ranked running back. You know, limited time this year, obviously. But to me, I think the one thing that stood out. I kind of went back and I was curious. Um, I like Clyde was Clyde edwards layer coming out. He was a good player. Um, but I did kind of think to myself that, you know, since week one, he hasn't really. Popped very much, so I was curious. You know, week one they played against Houston and he looked spectacular, right all over them. Although, ironically, even though he's known as a really good pass catching back, didn't catch a single pass week one. Uh, he has since picked up the slack, you know, in the air, but on the ground, I was curious how he looked. So, since week one, uh, CH has 56 carries, 206 yards, no touchdowns on the ground, average 3.7 yards per carry, and and that's just not very good. You know? Um it's just not. And it's strange because you know, even though Kansas City is, you know, patching Mahomes and throw the ball, this and that, Andy Reid does like running the ball. You know, he, he likes he likes playing play action, likes running the ball. It's always been an emphasis of his and running backs in his system have always been very, very productive. So the way I see it, I don't think he's going there. Strictly as a backup to CEH. You know, I, I think he's going there to compete for a position, you know, in, in, a, in a major role in that offense. You know, and I can definitely see them getting a little more creative with him. Sammy Watkins uh, went down recently, uh, last week actually, and he's going to miss some time. I can see Andy Reid being creative and saying, you know, all right, we're going to split you out wide a little bit. We'll put you both on the field at the same time. But I think. Bell is going to see action as a running back, and more than uh, some of us actually think. Uh, now, I don't have any, you know, knowledge of this, obviously. So I'm just speculating, but you know, I, I don't think they've been blown away with what C H has done on the ground since week one. I think it's fair to, you know, to to desire a little more out of it. You know, and I, I think they'll look at at Bell as the, the other thing that even you you, you noticed in week one was C H really struggled uh, on end goal. Carries, I think he got stopped at the goal line like four times or whatever it was, you know, week one. And Le'Veon Bell is a, clearly a bigger guy, so it's somebody that they might trust near the goal line as well. So I could see Bell getting in, you know, short yardage. Bell, I think Bell and I'm going to be split in time, but I could see Bell, you know, being more of an emphasis in short yardage, you know, goal line that kind of that kind of situation. So I kind of see the angle where Kansas City went after him a little harder than I kind of expected them to. You know, and I see the fit for Bell in that offense more. I mean, you know, listen, you never hope for injuries and stuff like that, but if C.H. ever went down, it wouldn't stone me to see Bell put up top five, top ten production in the running back. Strictly out of, you know, how good that offense is to begin with. And then, you know, with the ability that he has, I mean, he's every bit as good as, you know, uh, Damian Williams was last year. Damian Williams lit it up for them last year, you know. So... I, I think initially it looked weird, especially since they've used a the first round pick on them and every, uh, on, on CH and everything. But, you know, uh, since then, he's been, you know, just okay. And look, he's a rookie. You know, you're not, not going to get bed out of shape for him not being productive for four games. You know, he's still the future uh, at running back for the Chiefs. I'm sure that's still the plan. Uh, this doesn't change anything about that. But, you know, the Chiefs are in win now mode, period. You know, and if they feel like Le'Veon Bell makes them a better team for 2020, then that's that's the move that they're gonna make. And I, you know, I I see the route that they're taking for it. You know, uh, you know, you have the, you have the team together. You never know what's gonna happen. You know, Hill's Hill's got a long term deal. Kel's got a long term deal. Mahomes just signed, so the offense should be intact for the most part. And he layers there for a while and stuff. But you know. The windows in the NFL open and close uh, very quickly, you know. And um, I mean, we look at San Francisco last year, look how dominant they look, and now they just look like a shell form of former And it' sh- it was just a year ago, you know. So uh, your window is your window, and you know when you when you're in it, which the Chiefs clearly are in it, you you, you gotta you have to try and, and you know use every advantage that you can to you know emphasize. What you can do and try to capitalize on everything that you could do. So, they look at Bell, they sign him to a one-year deal. Uh, Bell is motivated to prove that he still has it. If nothing else, he's going to be motivated to prove that because maybe he can go out and get another deal as a. Listen, he's not going to get the deal that he thought Pittsburgh should have given him, but maybe he can go out and get another deal as a starting running back in the NFL and make you know, be some money. I mean, look, you know, over the, over the last off-season, running backs getting paid is kind of, you know, taking a little bit of a step up too. You know. Christian McCaffrey got paid. Alvin Kamara got paid. You know, um, I th- think Dalvin Cook got paid. I'm not totally sure, but um, you know, all these guys went out and got paid. And you know, maybe the emphasis of running backs getting paid is, you know, a little bit coming back. And maybe teams will look at yeah, Dalvin Cook to get paid. So to verify, uh, maybe teams look at it like all right, well, you know, running backs still do have their value and still have their purpose, and you see Le'Veon Bell, he's going to be 29 years old, I think, at some point. Maybe we sign him to a two-year, $25 million deal, whatever. $20 million deal. I think Melvin Gordon got two years, 15, so, you know, and he's coming off of a social year. So if Bell goes to Kansas City and, you know, tears it up in his in his time, I could see him getting a, a decent-sized contract again, and, you know, Bell's going to be motivated. They choose to motivated. They want to go out and win another Super Bowl, obviously. So I, I think it's... um. It's an interesting fit. Uh, I'm excited to see him with an offense that actually wants to use him correctly. Uh, Just sheer out of just being a big Le'Veon Bell fan. And, you know, selfishly, I hope Bell can be more productive for my fantasy team too. But that's clearly, I'm sure, not his concern. Although it should be because, you know, he's been with us since 2015 and we haven't won a championship yet. And, you know, fans fans are starting to ask questions. Um, uh, Next topic was the MVP race So, I think there's a couple of candidates uh, Josh Allen's candidacy took a little bit of a hit on, on Tuesday night But, you know, it's one game uh, Aaron Rodgers is very much a candidate Especially considering that he's been doing a lot of this With very little uh, w- weaponry, you know, through the air you know, I, I everybody made a big emphasis about them not going out and getting any wide receivers. And then Devonta Adams has basically been banged up most of the year. And Green Bay is still great right now. And the passing offense is good. He just had a tight end goal for like 100 yards and three, t- and three touchdowns last week. And, you know, uh, Green Bay looks great. Uh, they're 4-0. And they have a big game this week. It's one of the games I'm going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, but... I think we all are pretty much in agreement with who the favorite is right now. Uh, he's the favorite and he's very deserving, and it's Russell Wilson. So it's actually kind of funny, you know, when the emphasis was made that Russell Wilson has never received an MVP vote uh, coming into this year, it kind of laid down the path of you know, where where we were looking so one of the things was you know the last couple of years they really hadn't made an emphasis on you know letting Russell the ball so you know seattle's always been a really run-oriented team even as russell Wilson has gotten better and better and more efficient through the air which is crazy because you know at this point he just keeps getting better as a passer um so you know chris carson was a big emphasis of the offense last year and listen he's a good player and stuff like that but the whole off-season, the narrative was always, you know, let Russ cook. Let Russ cook, let Russ cook. And you know what? Right now, Russ is, is, is really cooking. You know, he's, he's been fantastic. Uh, there's so many things you can say about him. but I mean, he's, he's been great. He's awesome. You know, he's, using, he's using the weapons that he has. You know, uh, DK Metcalf's looking great, too. A lot of people, there was a lot of, you know, mixed mixed feelings about him, what they thought about him. You know, he's a big freak of nature athletically, you know, but, you know, what could he do, you know? And you know, a lot of people think he's the best wide receiver in the class. Right now, he definitely has an argument for it. Uh, I think it's tough to grade those things when there's such a big variable, like who's throwing the ball. You know, uh, I see a guy like, uh, like Terry McLaurin who, you know, I think he was around three pick, around four pick, whatever it was. Um, who basically ended up on an offense that had uh, Case Keenum, Dwayne Haskins, who was his college quarterback. So you'd think they'd have a better, better chemistry than they did. But clearly, you know, Dwayne Haskins is still going to be Dwayne Haskins. You know, but McLaurin's been really good since coming to the league too, and he hasn't had anywhere near the level of quarterback play that DK Metcalf is at. You know, so like I said, it's hard to grade them. But look, on, on its own in a vacuum, DK has been everything Seattle's wanted, and more. I believe he leads the NFL in uh, receiving yards in one-on-one coverage, which goes to show you how big and strong and fast and hard, hard of a cover that he is. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to downplay how good, how, how much easier it makes a wide receiver's life when you have quarterback play like Russell Wilson. So, you know, but in general, just their offense is, you know, it's, it's basically Russ-based. Uh, they can win games in any shootout they want. They come back more than any time they want. You know, against Minnesota, it's just they were really, really uneven for most of the game. But, you know, I think all of us kind of had the same idea when, when Russell came on out, came out the field late, you know, unfortunately for the, for the Vikings fans, that basically, you know, he was pretty much going to go down the field and, uh, and score a touchdown. You know, I... I think a lot of us would have been surprised if he did anything but that. So part of me, even though Madison probably should have gotten those those yards, part of me was thinking to myself, you know what, I get going for it because whether it's you're up five, you're up eight, the only thing you're protecting is a lead, you go into OT, you look at it like this, we get one yard, we win the game. I probably would have kicked a field goal and hope for the best, but you know, I that's the fear that an elite quarterback puts in you. You know, uh, the fear that Okay, he has it, 90 seconds. He needs to go to length to the field, score a touchdown to tie this game. What are the chances that we're going to stop him? You know, and that's the fear that guys like Tom Brady put into people. It's the fear that Aaron Rodgers put into people. It's the fear that Peyton Manning's put into people. And now you know, it's the fear that, that Russell Wilson puts into people. You know, he's clutch. He, the difference between him and some of those guys is that you know, his athleticism allows him to run too, which makes him even harder to cover. And a lot of those guys who just sat in the pocket and just killed you from there, you know. So even when you have everything covered, you know, you have a hard time running, running a man defense because if, if the second somebody's back is turned to him, he's gonna pick up 25 yards easily, you know. So uh, Russ playing great, Russ is awesome. I think at the very least the streak of him never getting MVP will end this year, and you know it's it's crazy. Last year, about halfway through the season, I would have argued that he was MVP then too. Then he fell off a little bit and Lamar Jackson was just spectacular in the second half. Lamar Jackson, you know, uh, he he ran away with it, literally. Uh, He ran away with it last year, but he he deserved it. He was the right choice last year. But this year so far, you know, we're halfway through October and, you know, Russ looks like the uh, odds-on favorite and for the most part, I I kind of expect that to stay the case. You know, I mean, we'll see. I don't think they'll go undefeated. I think that's a really hard thing to do. But, you know, Seattle looks like Seattle looks like the best team in the, in that division, you know. Um, San Francisco's definitely taking a step back. The Rams do look good, so I, th- I think the Rams could give them some trouble, you know. Um, and Arizona is a Arizona's a weird team, you know. Um, they started off really hot at the gate doing two and I and then lost a weird game at home to Detroit, who they should have beaten, you know. And then they lost to Carolina two on the road. So, you know, they're, they're an up-and-coming team and stuff like that, but I still think, you know, Seattle's in the driver's seat for that for that division. You know, and, um, you know, I, I think the Rams are the biggest competition right now, but, you know, we'll see. But right now, I, I do like Russ one. I would say Rodgers two, and Josh Allen probably three. So that's probably where I put the MVP race uh, at this point. Um, <clears throat> two games this weekend kind of stick out to me. Um, the Sunday night football, not Sunday night football game, excuse me. The Sunday afternoon game, Green Bay at Tampa Bay. And the Monday, uh, early Monday night game, which is, you know, due to COVID being pushed back, is uh, Chiefs at Buffalo. So Green Bay, Green Bay and uh, Tampa Bay should be fun. Uh, I'm trying to think. I think Rodgers and Brady have faced off twice in their careers, I think. It's only been twice which is pretty crazy when you think that Rodgers was drafted in 2007. And, you know, uh, I think Rodgers missed one game with a concussion, uh, I think in 2010, 11, something like that. Yeah, 2010, sounds about right. In 2014, I remember it was the game in um, in Green Bay. I know that Green Bay won that game. Uh, that, was, that was actually a really good game, and it was disappointing that, well, depending on who you ask, I guess, it was disappointing to some people that... Brandon Bostic then was not able to handle the onside kick in 2014 so that we could see uh you know Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Instead, we got to watch Russell Wilson throw the Super Bowl away. You gotta give him that one too, right? Um, but uh yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited. It's be a good game against two pretty good teams. Tampa Tampa's actually a a good team outside of Tom Brady. Not that Tom Brady's not good, obviously he is, everyone knows that, but and he's still productive obviously, but as long as he's not forgetting to work down. But even Tampa Tampa's defense is they have a solid defense. You know, they uh the the defensive line is very, very talented. And, you know, they're they have more talent than just, you know, Tom Brady, which I think speaks to why Tom Brady went there when he did, you know. Uh, Tom Brady saw a team that was I think they were eight and eight last year or seven nine, whatever it was, but the quarterback had thirty something turnovers. He had thirty interceptions. You figure added the fumbles and stuff like that. You know, you turn the ball over thirty something times. You still win eight games. You know, you're doing some stuff right too. So, you know, Brady went there with the idea that if he was just, you know, who he was, the team would be better. And you know, they they have been. Uh, they've been battling a lot of injuries. Uh, Chris godwin has been in that in the lineup. I know, O.J. Howard tore his Achilles. Uh, Mike Evans has played through some injuries. You know, but he hasn't been 100%. But, you know, they had a tough loss on Thursday Night Football last week. Tom Brady forgot how many downs there are, which is very unlike him. I don't expect that to happen again. You know, and, um, you know, they've had 10 days to be on the men. It's a big game, and Green Bay's coming off a bye, too. So it should be a a fun game. It will say a lot, I think. It could say a lot about both teams. You know, uh, Green Bay's been really, really good out of the gate. But some of the teams that they've beaten, you know, have really, really struggled so far this year too. So, you know, there's always the question of is Green Bay really that good, or their opponents that bad? The cases. I mean, look, you got Aaron Rodgers. You know, you always have a really good chance to win games as it is, and Green Bay is a good team. You know, Rodgers looks like he's got a chip on his shoulder. He looks like he felt like he's been disrespected the last couple of years. I guess his play has been not as good as his years past. I know he said something along the lines of. My down years are other quarterbacks' career years, and he's not totally blind about it either. You know, he's... That's the, that's the problem with players that are good on, on that level. It's that Their standards are so much higher than everybody else's that in weird ways, yeah, he's right. His, his down years are historic years for other quarterbacks. You know, um, last year, everybody basically said that he had, you know, down year, and I know that the advanced stats said you know that it was it was a little more detail on on the other level. But last year through you know the last two years he's thrown for eighty four hundred yards, fifty one touchdowns, six interceptions, you know, ninety five and ninety seven QB rating. Yeah, he's thrown six interceptions in the last two years. He hasn't thrown any this year. Yeah. he's a model of efficiency uh, and. You know, like he says, basically, his his standards are much higher than the average quarterback standards. So he held, you know, he gets held up to, you know, a higher standard because of it. It's a gift and the curse kind of thing, right? I mean, for you to be that good and for people to think that it's not good enough, you have to set some really high precedents. So, you know, it comes to the territory, but this year he's been on fire, you know, and a lot of people think that, you know, maybe drafting the quarterback motivated him. You know, I'm sure any Packers fan, if you ask them, if you told him that you have to burn a first-round pick on a quarterback who's never going to play, but you get three more dominant years out of out of Aaron Rodgers, you say to yourself, you know what? I'll take that any day of the week, and I I would too, because you know the new the new fad the new flavor is Patrick Mahomes, and he's spectacular. But before Patrick Mahomes, you know Aaron Rodgers was about as gifted a quarterback as I had ever seen, you know, and. The one, the the only difference, the only thing to me that I'll differentiate between the two of them is, you know, Aaron Rodgers is as special as a quarterback I've ever seen. His two thousand and eleven season. To me, is one of the most impressive seasons I've ever seen from a quarterback, just absolutely dominant. But I look at Mahomes, I look at him, and I think to myself, well, Mahomes had two advantages to me that Rodgers didn't have to be as productive as he was, whereas Rodgers was as productive as he was. Mahomes had a much better coach. Offensive minded. Great, fantastic coach. Andy Reid, the one thing that I was missing his whole career is winning a Super Bowl. Everything else he had done was spectacular. And uh, Patrick Mahomes has far better weapons, you know. Um so those are two advantages that Mahomes had that, you know, Rogers never really had. And Rogers was was great too, you know. So um I'm I'm excited for this game. I uh I believe, just to be sure, yeah, Green Bay is favored by one. So, that's kind of a, it's a pretty close game that they're giving you right there. Um, you know, it sh- it's a fun game. Should be should, should be a good one. I kind of wish it was a Sunday night game, but they got Rams 49ers on that one. Uh, but I'm just, I'm glad we get to see a, a Rodgers-Brady game too, because we haven't gotten enough of those over the years. And, yeah, it's it's a big game for both teams, you know, because they, they both kind of want to put their stamp on something. I'm sure that, you know, Tampa Bay is kind of pissed off in the last loss. They probably should have beaten the Bears team, you know, but they didn't. And the issue is for them is, you know, lose this game, you're three 3-3. Three. They feel like they're better than the 3-3 three and three team. I I would argue that they are, but, you know, Bill Parcells just always say you are what your record says you are, so... If they are a three and three team after six weeks, then they're a three and three team after six weeks. You know, luckily, <clears throat> none of, nobody else in their division has really run away. Uh, their biggest opponent, I would argue, in the division was New Orleans, and you know, uh, we talked about Drew Brees at length in the last podcast. He, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's there with Drew Brees. I don't know what he's going to be and stuff. So, you know, the division's still up for grabs, but you know, you don't want to be three and three after after six weeks. Especially when you feel like you're a better team than that, you know uh, it's always frustrating to feel like you're leaving, you know, wins on the field. So, it should be a good game. Looking forward to watching that game because you know, as a Giants fan, I can't enjoy football uh, of the teams that I watch anymore. Uh, the Giants have uh, the Washington Football Team this week, and not excited to watch that. So, the other good game this week is Chiefs at Bills, which got moved to Monday, and. That's some, you know what, I I get why all this is happening, you know, with the delay in the games and this and that, and, you know, I hope everybody is safe, I hope there's no complications to the whole COVID thing, I don't want anybody to be at health risk, but I'd be lying if I said that um, watching random football games on, like, Tuesday at seven pm, and Monday double header at five pm, and then eight fifteen, wasn't enjoyable. And I'm sure whoever's listening to this probably agrees with me too. Um, it's it's pretty fun to get a little extra football on, you know, in time slots that you're not used to used to using them. Now, my fiance probably wouldn't agree with me on that because I watch so much damn football as it is, but you know, it comes with the territory, right? So this game is on 5 p.m. Monday, which I'm pretty excited for because I will be around to watch it. Um, Another really good game. You know, got pushed back. Buffalo had to, had to get pushed back because of the, the Titans. So they played Tuesday night. You know, obviously, they weren't going to play them on Tuesday and Thursday. So uh, 5 o'clock Monday. be a fun game. Uh, interested to see uh, what Josh Allen's going to do. You know, um, I don't think he was as terrible as it seemed like he was on Monday uh, I think a lot of things just kind of went wrong you know other cases it was definitely his worst performance of the year but that's probably more of a statement of how good he had been this year than it was you know how bad he was on that day so you know we'll see we'll see which Josh Allen comes out uh, Kansas City's probably reeling well you know coming off of a tough loss at home to the division rival no less. So you know, interesting to see how Josh Allen bounces back from that. You know, they they were missing Traveius White, they're missing a couple other guys too. It definitely didn't help him out. Uh, so I think Buffalo is going to be getting Traveius White back, which should be a big help. And um, you know, we'll, we'll see. I I'm pretty sure both those teams have one loss. Yeah, they're both four and one. So uh, Buffalo, I think, has. The Ravens on the schedule this year. Do they? No, they do not. Excuse me. I apologize. So, you know, Tennessee's undefeated. I don't expect that to, to to stay the case. But, you know, Tennessee's a good team. Buffalo already lost them. You know, it's... The race for home field this year is very, very different than it was last year. Because, you know, with the added team, there's only one team that gets the first round bye. So, it makes that bye all the more important. Because, you know who doesn't want to go to the second round without having to worry about the first round, right? So, Kansas City's 4-1, Buffalo's 4-1. This game could go a long way towards who gets that, that first round by, you know, and, um, you know, it should be another good game. Uh, two good offenses, two defenses that haven't been great lately. So, you know, you would think it's going to be more of an offensive game, but a lot of times that seems to, you know, work the other way around. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that, sh- that should be a should be a good a fun game. I uh, I know Bell Bell's not eligible to play this week. I think it's due to code restrictions. he can't play anyway, which is, uh, I'm not totally sure how those work. But so you know, it's gonna be another game of Owens and Lair. And Samuel Watkins is gonna be out, but you know, Kansas City has a weapon to make up for it. I think the important, the biggest part of that game is just how Josh Allen's gonna ba- bounce back from his tough game. Patrick Mahomes obviously had a bad game, but, you know, they put up 32 points, so you see on the surface, like, oh, it was just on the defense. Honestly, I watched that game. Uh, That game cost me quite a bit of money, so I was not too thrilled about how the end of the Chiefs game went, but they were up, I want to say they were up 17-3, something like that. The Chiefs offense in the second half was really, really understatedly bad for most of the second half. Uh, they really struggled to move the ball and they didn't score until very, very late when the game was nearly out of hand. They lost by I think eight, but they scored a touchdown and the Raiders never give a ball back and that's kind of basically how the, where the game ended. So um, yeah, I mean the you know, the Chiefs are gonna watch that tape and in the second half of that game they really really struggled against a defense that's you know, Raiders defense is not the kind of defense that should be forcing you to struggle as much as they did. Um and I'm, I'm sure that they're going to want to get, you know, get back on track. And, you know, the best way to do it would be against, you know, going on the road and being a really good Bills team. I expect them to be better. Uh, the Bills defense really has struggled a lot this year. So, you know, that's also going to come into play. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, those are the two biggest games I'm looking at this week. Um, you know, Green Bay winning would be 5-0. and A couple tough wins. And you know they basically they could keep pace with the Seahawks, who I think are on bye this week. Um, you know, and um, Bills Chiefs. You know, you look at it, and outside of Tennessee, oh, that's the best record in the AFC. they be fighting for, and the winner of that game, you know, will probably have a, a step up on the one seed. So you know, uh, some good games to look at for this week. Um, and that's pretty much it. I wasn't trying to do too long tonight. Just uh, kind of got into a little bit of football mood tonight. I uh, hope you guys enjoy it. And um, starting next week, I'm going to try and figure out uh, times for everybody else and who else I can get on. Uh, if you guys, uh, I'm, I'm always going to be bouncing the topics off you guys. Some of these topics were from the other day that you guys had uh, reached out about. So mainly I'm going to be going off those anyway, and then you know we'll try to incorporate uh, some other guys into it too. Uh, look forward to some more feedback, and I appreciate you guys listening. And we'll do this again soon. All right, take care, guys.